What's up? Welcome to Jocks and Nerds United. Once again, by way of 265 Media, here at JNU, we blend the world of the jock and the nerd. This episode, I'm going to call Flowers Off the Glass, because here at JNU and 265 Media, we like to give people their flowers while they can smell them. Um, Monday, my guy Zach of the Off the Glass podcast kicked off the week at 265 Media giving flowers to some real true old school royalty if you ask me and those particular guys really don't get enough credit for what they've done and how they were ahead of their time etc etc if you want to know check it out the off the glass podcast dope stuff get it go listen shout out to Zach I'm going to continue that energy though and I'm going to give Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook, their flowers. Also, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some nerd numbers and stats and things like that and debunk all of the negative hot takes placed on these great future Hall of Fame players' names. Then, of course, we are going to do our usual Take It to the Deck segment. All right, let's get it. All right, let's go right to it. Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook are doing some historic things in the game of basketball right now. It's crazy that how great these guys are. Uh, Melo moves up again on the all-time scoring list at, to number 10 all-time. 10th all-time in scoring. That is nine people ever to score the basketball in the NBA have scored more than this man. Russell Westbrook is now the triple-double king. Now, anybody who's played basketball understands the veracity of having a triple-double once. This man is on a pace of historical, crazy video game-type vibes. All right? So this guy is doing his thing. Now, both of them are doing this in spite of the hella negativity that is placed on their names and their careers via uh, narratives of the media, etc., etc. All right, so you know it's crazy how these things connect themselves to such greatness. All right, unfortunately, media narratives always play a role in the legacies of high-profile athletes. So, you know, that's why hot takes are overrated. Overrated. Anyways, so let's start off with some of the negative things that uh, have been connected to Carmelo. Um, he's a bad teammate. He can't play in the evolving NBA. He's a selfish guy, a selfish player. His lack of defense is why he can't get over the hump or be great. Um, and his lack of leadership. Westbrook negativity. Another one that they say is a bad teammate. They say how he held back KD, Kevin Durant. How Russell Westbrook is not a winner. 
understand how he turns the ball over too much. Man, shoot, this is it's crazy how they just try to. Anyways, <laughs> all right, so let's start off with debunking some of these Carmelo things. Let's start off with him being a bad teammate. All right. Now, Kristaps Porzingis was a rookie and Carmelo literally took him under his wing and they made a big brother, little brother connection um, on that Nick team. Um, I don't know a bad teammate that takes another player under their wing. Um, if he's a bad teammate, he just doesn't care, you know? So, you know, it, it doesn't make sense that somebody who's a bad teammate now says, come on, man, you know, let's, I'm a, let's, let's do this. Let's be great together. Young man, you know, it's, it's just, don't know where that came from. Chauncey Billups mentioned how, how good of a teammate that um, Carmelo Anthony was and how he always left it on the floor. Um, and these are players that played with him. So these t hot takes that are getting placed on, on these guys' names are by, you know, media that, that sit and, and try to make headlines and try to get clicks and try to get website traffic and, and views and all of that, you know, with their suit and tie on. These are guys that actually were in the trenches with this man. That said, nah, this dude is a good teammate. All right, so let's get all that out of the way. Bad teammate, false. You know, naturally, you know, you think, you know, there's always people that bump heads. But I ain't never heard nobody tell, say that Carmelo Anthony was a bad teammate. And the guys that I've mentioned have come out and said how good of a teammate he is. All right, so want to. Crossed that off your list. Bad teammate. Crossed out. Couldn't play in the evolving NBA. Hmm. On Portland, he's averaging 15 points a game. Right? Now, that's when he started all 58 games. So that one, his first season on Portland, he averaged 15 points a game. Right? He played 58 games, started all 58. Now, this is a man that they said couldn't start, wasn't good enough to start anymore. Starts all 58 games after being out of the league for a little while and put up 15 points a game. Now, that's only shooting 13 Shots a game. More, let's say, let's say 14 shots a game. 15 points a game shooting 14 shots a game. That's a little over a point per shot attempt. So if you keep that stat in its context, every shot attempt that he made, make or miss, at the end of the game, his points will, will, will add up to his shot attempts. Anybody who plays basketball understands that is a big thing and it's huge. It's very efficient. It's not a guy just jacking up shots. All right. Now this year, 
He's only started three games. And he's at 14 points a game, 25 minutes a game, and only 12 shots a game. Coming off the bench. So this man is still putting up 14 points a game. He's less minutes. He's not starting. And he's not taking a whole bunch of shots, taking it from the guys who are the main scorers. They said that Camelo Anthony couldn't play in the league anymore. He wasn't good enough. He got cut from the Rockets after 10 games. He was averaging 13 points a game when he got cut, by the way. So how in the world does this man now have he couldn't play in the evolving NBA attached to his name? Then he comes out and says, nah, I play how the game comes to me. So couldn't play in an evolving NBA debunked. This man is scoring 14 points a game. Uh, right now and is only playing 25 minutes taking 12 shots this sounds like somebody that could play in the NBA to me this NBA alright now okay so couldn't play any evolving NBA scratch that off alright selfish player selfish guy I want to say that this was a a lingering thing when he was in Denver. Not sure why. Um, then when he signed with the Knicks and quote, and he took the money, uh, that now became a thing. You know, Carmelo is only about the money. He's not about winning. He went to the Knicks organization who didn't have anybody and he's not trying to win. He just wants to, he's all about Melo. First of all, I'm going to tell everybody, if anybody's in a position to take the money, take the money. Don't let nobody say uh, you're being selfish for taking the money. You're talking about generational wealth here. Nah, take the money. That's not selfish. That's wise. Um, then Melo re-signed with the Knicks, who also weren't winning, and they blame Melo again. They're saying, well, he's selfish because he took up all the cat. Nah, they offered him that money. But again, was he supposed to say no again? Come on, man. That man, the last time the Knicks were in the playoffs, that man took them there and took them into the second round. The Knicks are the ones that traded off their whole roster the first time to get Melo and then said, okay, Melo, let's win. With who? But Melo still came out and did his damn thing. Always left it out there. Didn't. Didn't blame anybody. Didn't point any fingers. He went out there and tried to win. And understand taking the money doesn't make you selfish. It makes you smart. So that selfish guy, selfish player thing, scratched again. Now, next one. D 
didn't play defense. Hmm. In a league where a James Harden wins MVP, a Steph Curry wins a unanimous MVP, and somehow the league and the media successfully created a narrative that Carmelo Anthony's issue, quote, issue, is his lack of defense? You got dudes that have never even been a a threat on the defensive end winning MVPs. And they got the nerve to say that Carmelo Anthony's problem is he doesn't play enough defense? And people believe it? Look, watch the game of basketball. You'll understand. You'll understand what that's about. Now, look. As a mellow fan from day one, I can say I wouldn't call him a lockdown defender. All right. Um, but the criticism of his defense is it's OD. It's OD. I watched him defensively give Kobe fits and he always gave LeBron fits. And I can say this definitively that I've never seen James Harden or Steph Curry give anyone a problem on the defensive end. Now, look, I'm not saying Carmelo locked up Kobe or, or LeBron. But what he did do was he made them work and dig into their bag to get their buckets. They got them, but he made them work for them. And he also got his too. So, you know, and like I said, a game in the age where, you know, guys who aren't even threats on defense are winning MVPs from the words of Forrest Gump. And that's all I have to say about that. So lack of defense. Scratch that. So we got next is lack of leadership. Another media crap narrative placed on Carmelo, um, you know, that's just asinine. All right. Players. Okay. Again, I repeat this. Players, not guys behind a desk and a mic, have mentioned how good of a leader Carmelo Anthony is. Iman Shumpert, Patrick Ewing. Shump said in an interview, um, Melo's leadership style is Melo style. It's, it's mellows. You know, a lot of times what we do is we place how someone else leads onto the next man. When, and then if they don't lead like that guy, then they're not leading or they're not a successful leader. That's not fair. That's not even right. Like, let someone lead who how they lead. You know, mellow wasn't necessarily the rah-rah kind of a in-your-face uh, leader like a Kobe or a Michael. Or even sometimes a LeBron. Mellow was mellow. You know, Iman mentioned how one of the things Carmelo did as a leader was take the blame for everything and never pointed fingers, even in places where it was justified. Shump said himself, he said, Look, you know, I always used to go to him like, yo, dude, why are you letting them get on you? Like, tell them, 
It was this guy's fault. It was because of this guy. Melo always, this is from the words of Iman Shumper, the man who played with him. He said, Melo would always say, nah, I can't do that to that man. No, I, I, I'm good. I'll take it. That's a leader. We rise, I get the blame. We fall, I get the blame. And I'm taking all the blame. I'm not pointing at nobody else. That's a leader. You know, Dame Lillard talks about how great of a leader and teammate Carmelo is. He talks about how great of a person Carmelo is. And somehow, once again, successfully, and they almost flushed the man out of the league with all these negative hot takes. So, via the players that played with him, you have to say that a bad teammate, scratch that. All right. So that's 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 how we we going to do with with Carmelo. All of those negative hot takes. Eh, 86th. All right. All right. Now we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook. OK, we're going to start off with a uh, bad teammate. <sighs> Man, I can't believe this. Once again. Players who have played with him, one is uh, Alex Abrinas and um, Mitch McGarry mentioned how great of a teammate uh, Russell Westbrook was. Enos Cantor called him the best teammate he's ever had. In an interview, McGarry said, if you're his teammate, the guy is going to go out and take a bullet for you all day, every day. Practice whenever it doesn't matter what it is. Abrina said in another interview, um, he's a nice guy. He helped me out, especially my first year. Um, in the most, in most of our trips, we did something together. Watched a movie, had dinner. He cared for the person beyond the player. He calmly told me what I should do. And that he would support me if I decided to leave. Paul George said he's one of the best teammates I've ever had by far. I've learned a lot from him. Guys who have played with him. Why is this man a bad teammate? So the media is they pick and choose who they want to push forward and keep in the negative light and who they want to put into the positive light. And then when you get a guy like Russ, Russell Westbrook that's doing all of these great things, all of a sudden the media flips and it's like, yeah, man, we always knew this guy was great. Y'all was crucifying this man. So the bad teammate bullshit is another media hot take that we are now officially debunking. Somehow it got attached to him, but you know, whatever. Um, now we're going to go with the how he held back KD. Now this one is, is a good one. Good meaning good to debunk. All right. Let's start from the beginning. So KD's career average is 27 points a game. All right. Uh, KD and Westbrook, they played eight seasons together. 
All right. In those eight seasons, Russell Westbrook averaged 22 points a game, eight assists, and six rebounds. He shot 44% and took 17 shots a game. Okay. KD averaged 28 points a game, four assists, seven rebounds, shooting 49% and shot 19 shots a game. So who's holding anybody back? KD is still getting his shots up and he's efficient. Russell Westbrook is still getting his shots up and he's efficient. Still getting assists and still grabbing rebounds. Not really sure what's going on there. Where where where's the hold back? Um. Now, post Russell. Okay. Now remember, when they played together, KD was twenty eight points, four assists, seven rebounds. Right. After Russell Westbrook. KD is averaging, averaging 26 points, less points, five assists, one more assist, and the same rebounds. And he's shooting 18 shots a game. He's at 52% shooting, though. He's also have been, has been on better teams than Russell Westbrook. So, essentially, KD is doing the exact same thing, minus two points, that he did with Russell. Again, if the man leaves Russell Westbrook and does the same exact thing, how in the world is Russell Westbrook the one holding him back? So not only are those numbers not true, it's a flat out lie. All right. Now, here's the here's another thing here. All right, post KD, Russell. Now again, I'll 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 double back. With KD, Russell Westbrook, twenty-two points, eight assists, six rebounds. Without KD, Russell Westbrook, twenty-five points up, ten rebounds up, nine assists up. Russell Westbrook's numbers are up without KD. So, if you look at just the numbers, now we're not talking about decision making and all of that. Just the numbers alone. Not only say that that's ridiculous, it's the opposite from what it, these numbers look like. KD was the whole one holding back Russ. Without KD, Russell's Numbers have gone up. KD's numbers without Russ have stayed exactly the same. So please tell me how KD is was held back to um, by Russell Westbrook. So it, it's it's mind boggling. See, you know what it is. Everybody, the media loves KD, and you know with the the loss, um, you know, that they had because they didn't win the championship, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it was, you know, KD wanted out. And they had a little, 
you know, bumped their heads. So it had to be Russell Westbrook's fault, right? Because KD is great. I'm not going to say KD ain't great. KD is great. You know, but it had to be Russell Westbrook holding them back, right? Well, looks like the numbers are saying otherwise. All right. Then we have another stupid narrative, man. Russell is not a winner. All right. So what people fail to realize is that crap narratives are easily given. Crap, crap narratives are easy to give when the sequence of events match up and hold the, the crap narrative, you know, up high. All right. What I mean is this. All right. So OKC goes to the finals in 2012, I believe. They lose to Miami. Right. In that loss, KD averaged 31 points, six rebounds, two assists. He shot the ball 21 times a game. Russell Westbrook averaged 27 points, six rebounds, seven assists. He took he shot the ball 24 times a game. All right. So that's that sounds pretty balanced to me. All right. OKC, OKC, now they lost in that, you know, so naturally it got to be Russell Westbrook's fault, right? Um, then OKC loses to Golden State, fueling the narrative that Russell Westbrook is probably the problem, right? Now remember, they lost that series to Golden State and they were up 3-1. to one. Again, remember, the sequence of events makes these crap narratives easy to just make headlines all right so they were okc was up three three to one kd averaged 30 points eight rebounds and three assists two steals and two blocks so they was he was putting in work right russell westbrook in that series averaged 27 points seven rebounds 11 assists and four steals KD shot 42%. Russell shot 40%. And in that series, believe it or not, from three, Russell shot better than KD. So Oklahoma City sees these two epic losses. KD leaves, goes to a monster team, wins fueling this narrative that Russell is the problem. Of course, you have the rumors, whether they're true or not, about how they bumped heads and how they couldn't play together, whatever, whatever. Easy to make up this, yeah, you know, Russell needs to, you know, straighten up and fly right. Um, those numbers I read, Russell was doing this thing and KD was doing this thing. Wasn't nobody holding, wasn't anybody in anybody's way. Now, then Russ, KD went to better teams, okay? Russ went to lesser teams and his numbers got better. While KD went to better teams and his numbers stayed the same. Now, this is not about who's better and who's not. That's not what I'm talking about. Just this Narrative in a vacuum. 
winning is relative because while we're praising individual accolades ultimately basketball is still a team sport and russell went to teams that weren't even close to as good as kd's teams and he still got his numbers up up all right so that negativity that has been placed on these men's names if anybody has these barbershop debates tell them to listen to this listen to this episode flowers off the glass all of these guys are getting their flowers and we debunking the nonsense that has been placed on their names all right so no more negativity i literally proved it with facts that not only are these narratives just you know made up they're flat out false all right let's give these guys their flowers russell westbrook carmelo anthony carmelo's one of my favorite players much flowers while y'all can smell them y'all are doing your thing don't let any of these crazy narratives you know be what it is you know these guys are have clearly overcome all of that so big ups to them much flowers kd russell keep doing your thing y'all are first ballot hall of famers no question about it all right now let's go to the next part of the podcast and have some fun all right so what we're gonna do now is our usual take it to the deck segment as we get to know each other as you get to know me and you know when i start when we do some lives and i'll get to know some of y'all all right so what i'm gonna do is take it to the deck via pod decks i'm gonna shuffle this up let's see what we got here okay all right see what kind of question comes out of this here my top three goals and what i'm doing to get there Ooh. All right, not in this order, but these are my top three goals. One is to control my own time. You know, I want to call the shots on my time. You know, I want to grow with this 265 Media. I want to grow with Jackson Nerds United and all of my brothers who are part of it. And, you know, I want to do big things with them. You know, because we got some good stuff here. We got a good thing going. And I really want to, I want this to grow. Um, number two is, um, you know, a typical kind of a thing is, you know, I'm getting older. So uh, I want to get into shape. You know, I don't have any kids, but I got a little nephew, man. I love him to death. Shout out to my, my little, my little guy, Matthias. Um, you know, I want to be able to, you know, throw a ball and whatever. And not that I can't now, you know, I want to, I want to be able to keep up with him when he's 20, 21, 22 years old. I want him to be like, yo, I can't beat that old man on the court. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, that's what I want to do. And number three is I want to 
I want my focus on my family and my loved ones to be maintained while I'm focusing on those other two goals. Because too many times I've seen people sacrifice their family tie for the goals of themselves. You know, of course, you know, it's always about family. You know, you want to get your money up so your family is good, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't want to lose your family in the process. And that's honestly, that's one of my worst nightmares. So balancing the focus of a specific goal while maintaining my connection with my family is big to me. So those are my top three goals. All right. So you got to know me a little better. Um, you have to know I'm a family guy. You know, I just lost my aunt. I love her to death. You know, may she rest easy. And, you know, it's never sacrifice anything for the people you love. And family doesn't necessarily have to be blood. Um, you know, keep everybody close. You can have your goals, get them, and still have your family with you. So those are my three goals. All right. Stay in shape. Manage my own time. Grow this, this 265 Media. Jocks and Nerds United. And remain connected to my family while focused on the other two goals. Those are my three goals. Alright? So, that's the pod deck segment. Let's wrap it up. Alright. That's a wrap for the flowers off the glass episode of jocks and nerds united we debunked all of the negative nonsense attached to these great players names carmelo anthony and russell westbrook and we did our take it to the deck segment where you know we learned or y'all learned of some of my goals so that is it hit that follow button Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can listen to your podcast content. I'm out. Thanks for listening. 265 Media, Jocks and Nerds United. Peace.